It's July the 4th. We're reading through the Bible in a year. Our reading for today is going to be in Job chapters 29 and 30. Remember, we had three chapters ramping into this section yesterday of Job talking about the situation and recounting a lot of things. But now he gets into kind of an autobiographical section in chapter 29 of how good his life was before all this disaster struck. And that disaster, of course, is made worse in chapter 30 by thinking back to how good things were as he thinks back and recounts the things that God had done and blessing him and the way he was held in high esteem in uh, the community. And now all of a sudden the same people that respected him and honored him, they're mocking him and they're assuming there's sin in his life and all the kinds of things that you might expect when you're hurting. You look back and you contrast how good your life was before these things that have happened to you have taken place and it compounds the misery that you're in. And certainly Job is doing that here, right? Sometimes we lose our health or whatever it might be. We think back to how good we had it. And that's how Job is uh, just really uh, tailspinning in this uh, pitiful, you know, depression that he's in, this feeling that he has of how horrific his life is, which of course it is painful. And he's going to have his hearing before God and God is going to respond. Although we're going to have another friend get into this uh, circle, at least a bystander. And we'll get to that. We've had Job's three friends, but we'll have a fourth here that is going to step up soon. But we'll get through this section. We got one more chapter in chapter 31 tomorrow where Job continues his speech and kind of wraps up and summarizes everything uh, as he finishes up some of the things that he has to say and declaring his innocence before God. Our New Testament reading is in Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, we read of Herod. Now remember, Herod is a title, uh, not someone's proper name, but a title that is given to many rulers here in this area in Israel as kind of a, an extension of Rome's authority on um, on Israel and Herod the Great was the one that we had initially into the biblical narrative back when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Of course, he dies soon after Jesus is born, uh, as we read about in Matthew. But it starts by him killing all those babies in Bethlehem. Well, this is um, a couple steps removed from that in terms of the family of Herod. This is Herod Agrippa the first. We meet King Agrippa later in the book of Acts, but that, um, uh, of course, is his son. But this is known in history, at least as Herod uh, Agrippa I, and he's just called Herod here. And of course, he's attacking the church. Uh, he is persecuting the church. He kills James. Uh, that's a big deal here in the beginning of this chapter. And then we have Peter arrested because it so pleased the people that uh, the church was being persecuted by Herod. So he throws Peter in jail. And we have a miraculous escape that God uh, provides Peter to get out of jail. And we have that kind of humorous scene where Rhoda, uh, as Peter goes back to the people of the church who were praying for him and for his well-being, and I assume his release, they're praying for his release. And, and Rhoda has Peter there at the door knocking and she's... Um, thinking, you know, this is not happening or this is his, you know, ghost or whatever. He's, she's freaked out. And, and so there's a little bit of humor built into this, but they all rejoice in the end that uh, Peter is delivered. And then we see the death of Herod in the end of chapter 12 here because of his pride. They're calling out, this is the voice of a God, not a man. And Herod does not give credit to God. And even secular rulers, like we saw back in the Old Testament in Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, sometimes in the discipline of God, they actually uh, see their smallness and they see their dependence and they see that all their authority is derived authority from God. Uh, Herod, unfortunately, did not see that. And so he was struck down here in this uh, terrible scene, which is reminiscent of some of the Old Testament uh, deaths of God's judgment. And here his body is eaten with worms. So it's a terrible story, of course. Our community imperative is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. I want you to think about this today. Uh, it says in verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live 
peaceably with all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And so today I want you to think about peace, but I want you to think about doing that if it's possible, so far as it depends on you. And as a Christian, of course, there are limits to what you can do to make peace. It's not peace at any price. Some people are all about that, peace at any price. Well, it's not peace at any price, of course. So far as it depends on you, Christian, committed to Christ, under the Lordship of Christ, doing what Christ asks us to do and not to compromise on, you should seek peace. I put the community imperative this way, if possible, make peace. Whatever the situation might be, if you've got problems and issues and conflicts with other Christians, do what you can to make peace. You can't compromise the truth, uh, but you certainly do need to speak the truth in love, and you need to be the kinds of people that care about building bridges and creating harmony in the body of Christ, and not just in the body of Christ, but even outside of the body of Christ. Do what you can to establish peace if it's possible. And there's lots of things we could add to that equation to think about the rest of Scripture to make sure we do that biblically and properly and appropriately and without any compromise. And yet we want to pursue peace. So if it's possible, make peace. And if you got some issues today with some people, make sure that you reach out and see if you can build some bridges and repair any kind of breach in your relationships with the brothers and sisters in Christ in your church. So that's our community imperative for today. Tomorrow we'll be back with more as we continue reading through the Bible in a year.